The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shah i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Pike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins, Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. today i was sick i was sick for all through thanksgiving i was miserable i was laid out flat could not do anything i can feel the tightness i feel like an elephant is sitting on my rib cage right now that's not good it's not and it's gonna get worse and i'll need a z-pack but until it gets worse i cannot go get a z-pack i have to prove to them that this is getting worse before i get a z-pack but you look very skinny i do yeah no. Your cheekbones are like super pronounced right now. Oh, wow. It's a lot of liquid diet, no food. <laughs> no Thanksgiving food because I couldn't eat anything. I've been tired forever. So, Well, I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. Despite I just said I was laid up. That's sick. Wait, you're listening. Well, it listen, wasn't amazing. I'm just saying, like, maybe your family took care of you. I don't know. Maybe you got to milk it because no. when I'm sick, I milk it. No, I tried. Nobody listened. Nobody responded. I kept calling. No <laughs> there was no one to milk. No one to respond. The dogs were like, bye, bitch. You're not getting <laughs> us anymore. 
It was they like that, you know, that gif of that baby who walks in and then uh-huh. cringes and exactly. walks back out. That was down. my husband. That was my <laughs> husband <laughs> because he was like, don't you give me that cough. Don't you give me that cold. <laughs> Everybody just abandoned me. So I was upstairs in my room in my filth with all my tissues around me, just being myself and, you know, binge watching Dexter. Okay, so wait, it sounds like for Thanksgiving, you got to avoid your family and lock yourself into a room. I mean, you put it that way. It, it was sounds awesome. pretty great. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. That sounds yes. amazing. How was yours? Mine was fine. It was just a regular Thanksgiving. Not that exciting. We, we mm. kept it low key. I did want to say that we took a week off and, yes. you know, in celebration of the Thanksgiving holiday, we re-released our Ben and Ronnie episodes. Yes. I don't know if it's because we re-released those episodes, we've been charting for like over a week now. Yeah. How is that happening? Like, it must be because everybody took off on yes. Thanksgiving <laughs> and they have run out of podcasts to listen. Oh my God. I told my husband the same thing. I was like, oh my God, people look like we've been charting for a while. And he was like, wow, that's that's amazing and I was like well hold on yeah it's also because everybody else is on holiday so nobody else is probably releasing any episodes which is and it's Ben and Ronnie they're listening to Ben and Ronnie not us so yeah I don't think this really counts but if it does count and you're new here because (laughs) of either Ben and Ronnie or the gals from Bravo Docket who are now Hulu superstars did you see that they didn't even tell us anything when we talked to them (laughs) they gave us no hint that they were going to be superstars and they were so sweet they gave us a shout out it was such a sweet shout out it was such a sweet (laughs) shout out but like naturally i just have a ton of pressure on myself now because i'm Mm -hmm. like well we have all these new people that are listening to us and we are ready to deeply disappoint everyone i have zero pressure because i i know i'm pretty disappointing it's all no show anyway (laughs) I have zero pressure on myself. I I barely remember to be on this on this call today because <laughs> I was busy eating and chatting up with my mom. Oh. So I I got used to not having a podcast to record. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Okay, RG, I'll take the hint. <laughs> no. I did miss you though. I missed your face. I, I know we haven't talked to, to each other at all for over a week. But I know we have so much to cover. So we so are talking much about happened. so, so much, much happened. We're talking about Real Housewives of Potomac, part three and four of the reunion. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about last week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And then it sounds like now the Salt Lake City spot is now being taken up by Portia's dumb show. Yeah. Oh my God. So where does Salt Lake City go? I don't know. What happened? I think they wanted to, they knew that if they put it out, and they put it out as Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, they do that to trick the, the fucking DBRs. Yes. And it says Portia's family, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. right? So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, they are putting a rerun of Real Housewives of Atlanta. And I just clicked on it. And it was this. And what a, oh, what a, what a complete mess that is. <laughs> okay, so you you have to watch it. You haven't I watched do. that. I do mm. want to talk about it. We're probably going to cover that on our Patreon this mm-hmm. week. It's worth covering only if we have to r- rave and rant about it. I cannot not rave know, really. You not know, really I love rave. to rave and rant. It's not really rave. It's mostly rant. Okay, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I'm ranting, I'm raving. Yes, <laughs> they go hand in hand for me. You know. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about that probably um, on our Patreon at some point this week. And maybe we'll release it to the main feed. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. But today we're talking about Potomac and last week's Salt Lake City. Now let's talk about Potomac. Mm-hmm. Part three was still their standard setup. And part four was the Nicki Minaj show. What did you think about Nicki Minaj as... Uh, you remember as- like halfway through that, you know, Karen was holding... She took a piece of her dress. And she was holding <laughs> she it gloves. over her eyes. She took her glove. I don't know where... I didn't know where she <laughs> got that piece. Where did this fabric come from? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did she just tear a whole slice of her <laughs> fabric out? Because I didn't know where she got that from, but she was putting it over her eyes and just in pain. That's how I felt throughout the whole thing. I did not like it at all. Now, I'm not a Barb. You're not a Barb. No. Neither of us are Barbs. And I've heard plenty of Nicki Minaj, like, interviews and stuff. Yeah. But having to sit through the reunion with her as a host, I realized she's a very annoying voice. And we probably lost all the new listeners that we just got. Yes. But her voice, it was, I found it cloying. Maybe that's how she talks. I don't know. I haven't listened to her interviews. I've only seen her, maybe a couple of Ellen interviews. Yeah. Which I found annoying, so I would change the channel. And to be honest, I do like her music. I do. I liked it. I don't, maybe not the newer stuff but the old stuff i did like it Uh but i did not like her taking over this reunion actually the one good thing that came out of that was that everybody banded did you see how they were supporting each other yeah that part i was like okay see now you see how it's stupid it looks when somebody like nikki comes over and she starts poking at ashley for coming there when she has just given birth asking those dumb questions and then candace re- literally says well she has to work she's that's her job it was such an interesting dynamic dynamic because many of the questions that Nikki was asking had previously been asked in the in the first three parts of the reunion. True. And it was like going back to, show, to it. Yeah, which also goes to show like we don't need this extra yeah. part. So it almost right. felt like to me they want to be Nicki Minaj's friend. So they're like, okay, we'll let you in the circle and show you what actually happens in that we're who? actually all but pretty they friendly with who? each other. They meaning the girls, the cast. Mm. And when it comes to Andy, because Andy is still their boss. With Andy, they have to, like, play up the drama. And so they have to continue fighting with each other and picking on each other and reading each other and shading each other. Whereas once Nikki got on the stage, it felt like, no, 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 like, it's okay. Like, it's not that serious. Like, no, it's fine. We're, yeah, it's okay. She needed her paycheck. It it felt like two different shows. It felt like two different casts. Because when Nikki started asking those questions, she came off as an internet troll asking those questions. That's true. I truly felt like the women were like triggered. They're like once in a while they would be like agree. With, you know how they will once in a while agree with the internet troll and do a like. They were doing that. But at the bottom line of it is they are like, what is she talking about? She's now she's coming into my house. They felt like possessive about it. They're like, well, why is I, she coming into our house and messing with it? You are asking Ashley. You Ashley, you didn't have a storyline, and you're telling you know Candace to go sit in the corner. You're the child. You're talking about Giselle's face, and you're talking about uh, Juan, and you're talking about well, you know. Also, Karen. it didn't make any sense because Karen's she said Robin age. and Juan. Well, she talked about Robin and Juan having great chemistry, and I was like, like what? I don't know what show you watched. As you know, Marilyn knows. Well, okay. All the right. whole I- of Marilyn hasn't seen that chemistry yet. <laughs> okay, let's okay, let's go into part three of the reunion, yeah. and then we'll talk again about the Nicki Minaj mm-hmm. stuff. So, Ugh. 
Yeah. Part three of the union, we opened up on Wendy's issues with everybody, right? Her primary mm. issues with the Green Eyed Bandits and Ashley, and she pulled out her insane Kinko's evidence. And mm-hmm. I felt I felt equally bad for her and I felt equally cringing at her. Like I wanted her mm-hmm. to have a seat, but I also felt bad for her because everybody was piling on. And you know, I don't like a pylon. I don't want yes. to, I don't like a pylon. That's why it I felt feel like Candace sometimes felt, is because she gets yeah. piled on. So I didn't want to do the pylon even Andy. Everybody was like, what are you doing? What is this? What receipt? <laughs> I, yeah. It was like so annoying. But at the same time I was like, Wendy, your texts from January don't solve anything. All you needed to say was Robin, how could you not know what the rumor was when there's a scene of you sitting that morning with Giselle in your dressing room at the estate talking about the rumor? That's Wendy all needs, she had to Wendy say. Wendy needs Noor to prep her before she goes on, uh, on on in a reunion. Phil, you know why it felt cringy? Because this is how I would show up to a reunion. <laughs> and you know how when you see something and you, I, you see and I'm like shit, this could have been me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I, it's not me. Yeah. That's how I felt like, oh, here's the smart person in a situation where she doesn't know how to deal with it because it's not her usual academic situation. And she's trying to approach it with her usual academic process. And that doesn't work here. Yeah. You are you have to be quick and you have to go for the juggler and you have to say what the the final point right away. You don't build up to it. Cannot manipulate them. You cannot do any of that. And she brought out this big ass cardboard out of nowhere and it said nothing it had nothing on it somebody online was talking about how andy gave her the seat next to him because he thought she had all this juice she's going to bring all these receipts and it's going to be a dramatic moment and that was it because he was like that's it and so he felt like you were given that position to bring that up and this is all you had to bring And he almost seems dismissive of her. And that only made it worse for her because the more he was dismissive, the more she tried to make a point of nothing. Yeah. And that made it so cringeworthy to watch. It was so cringeworthy. Reunion after reunion, Giselle gets by by doing close to nothing. Have you noticed that... She shows up at the reunion. They call her out for all the shit talking she did. Mm -hmm. She makes up a story about why she did the shit talking. Mm -hmm. And then she really says nothing. Most of the time, Giselle says nothing. And the person that she's been picking on or Mm -hmm. talking shit about gets so worked up, right? Like, it's so worked up that Giselle literally has to sit there and do absolutely nothing. And she comes off looking good. It works with Karen and Giselle when they do Mm -hmm. that because Karen works herself up and then she says funny ass shit. And then everybody gets to have a laugh, whatever. The reason it doesn't work with somebody like Wendy or even it didn't work with somebody like Monique was Mm -hmm. you're taking it too seriously for good reason. If right. she talked about my husband, I would also take it very, very seriously. Yes. But it's like a masterclass in yeah. how to get away with saying absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and still somehow looking like the winner. Not having a storyline either. Let's not talk a, about that. Ash, a it's not Ashley who doesn't seen. have a storyline. Ashley doesn't have a storyline. Robin doesn't have a storyline. Mm-hmm. And Giselle doesn't have a storyline. There was an entire Robin segment. Yeah. And all I wrote in that section in my notes is shrug. Yeah. I don't know what they talked about. What was it about? It's about embellish. It's about her house that she's building. It's about one. It's about... Hey, was pandemic hard on you? Yes, it was. Welcome. Like, yeah. What? (laughs) What was it? 
what was it all about? I did not get anything. Out she of them. does this thing where she starts to talk, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like that's yeah. all she does. That's yeah. all she says. She right. slows down what she's trying to say, and then it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Then the husbands show up. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's funny because this whole season was built up around the Eddie rumor, right? Mm-hmm. But we never, we still ever ask him that question. We never, one, we didn't ask him the question. Two, we never actually got to the bottom of why did the Eddie rumors come up? Because Giselle and <laughs> Ashley both deny saying, oh, we're not saying that you got a boob job because of the Eddie rumors. No, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. We're not trying to say that. Wendy, you're not listening to us. That's not what we're trying to say. And then it's like, okay, so what are you trying to say? Yeah. Well, we worried about you is there something that's going on are you upset because of the rumors yeah well then do you think the rumors are true no 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 we think the rumors are bullshit but do you think the rumors are real and is that why you're so upset it's like it turned into this loop of nonsense that didn't yes. really make any sense but it was so funny because it was this whole season of eddie drama and eddie gets her on stage and all they were all they asked him was do you get mistaken for idris elba which like no <laughs> yeah of course not and does your mother call you still or did your mother reach out to you or something yeah. like that? Right. Yeah. That's, that was it. That was not even part of the storyline this year. And you were talking about that. But you, there's a whole big storyline here and you don't address it. You don't even bring it up. You don't ask that question. No. no. Why is he even there? I didn't understand it. We don't know why he's there. But we also know why Michael and Juan aren't there. Mm-hmm. Michael and Juan are hanging out. Yeah. Somebody's getting their dick sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It's Michael, and it's not by Juan. It's not by Juan, even though you might wish it, but it's not happening. Um, then we get into this conversation of who is a creepier old man husband? Is it Gordon or is it Michael? Which is a that it's it, we if we had to do a poll and yeah. you know add Portia's current fiance to that list and. <laughs> A few other people, we could do that. We could have a poll, Rand. We could have a poll and we could do that. But is that the purpose of them being there? I I just love that Ashley was like, Michael is not overtly sexual. It's like Michael is overtly sexual and Ashley is overtly delusional. Because what are you talking about? That was like the first first season. The very first thing we got to know about about Michael and Ashley was that they do the pull-out method. Yes. (laughs) Did you say pull-up? I mean, he's an old man, so maybe they do use pull-ups. I don't know. I was like, I know they have two babies, but. (laughs) And that that this creepy old Australian man likes to get drunk and touch men's butts. Without their permission. Without their permission. And then and then they talk about like Andy's like, I do know that Michael did say that he wanted to suck one's dick. And everybody's laughing about it. Ashley included, right? Mm-hmm. Ashley's like, well, did Juan mine? Ha ha ha. Right. <laughs> and it just it made me it made me so angry as a candy gal. Because yeah. I was like, wasn't this the reason why butter knives were flung about? Wasn't this the reason that they were at Candace's house and somebody talked about Candace's mother's house. Candace's mother's house. 
And, and there was a conversation about Michael got drunk and said he's going to suck one's dick. And then Ashley got upset. What are you insinuating about my husband? And what about your mama's house and blah, blah, blah. And then butter knife, right? Like, yeah. now we're <laughs> laughing about it. Yeah. I need to under, I need to get me through that journey, Ashley, because oh, you no. sure know at how this to rate, you'll be At this rate, we will have Candace and Monique throwing back drinks at the barn and enjoy <laughs> Having, exactly. having a great laugh because this was very confusing because people didn't stay where they were supposed to stay on the <laughs> on the playing you know the board of housewife board yeah 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 <laughs> on the board game of housewife they did not stay in their respective squares they kept moving around no it's like exactly it's like the square was there the square was a catalyst for all these other things that happened but mm. now you're just pretending like the square was a joke i don't understand yeah. now they talk about wine and why he doesn't show up to things and it, i just could not stop giggling because robin went on and on and on about he's a basketball coach and he's busy and he has no time and he can't show up to things and the state of maryland needs him and i was like well the state of maryland knows where Juan dixon actually is hanging out <laughs> shut up Juan dixon does coach a lot of different teams he does the Bowie state team mm-hmm. which is doing well this year and he's mm-hmm. one of i think it's like three percent of coaches in colleges that are black coaches so it's a lot of pressure for him to keep that job he has to win to keep that job that's a very high pressure job for him that is for sure sure he also coaches kids basketball and football team so he's their coach for that too so he's very active in their lives and he does that too certainly he also shows up at other places when he needs when they when he's needed so it's not that he doesn't have time he does have time but i can see how he may not when they do potomac reunion Mm -hmm. that time period I can see how he's one day that one day a year it's not like he doesn't know about the show it's not like they don't get production schedules he didn't show up last year he didn't show up last year he did no he didn't shut up no I'm so glad Juan Dixon isn't here right now oh yes that's right that's right right (laughs) the year before that he did show up yeah exactly he showed up once he showed up once it just Mm. made me laugh because it was like we all know Juan is busy we all know how busy Juan is (laughs) but Juan Dixon needs to show up to the reunions because if nothing else it's what would make the reunions watchable for me yeah that's true (laughs) i would like to see both eddie and juan on the stage like just like eddie showed up he had nothing to do there but he showed up for our sake for the sake of the viewers so we could look at eddie but like also it's funny because almost every single scene that robin had with juan Mm -hmm. ended up with at some point Juan whispering under his mouth, "Come on, Robin, don't do that. Yeah, don't be stupid, Robin. Why are you no. saying that, Robin? So don't like, say Rob, 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 yeah, Rob, <laughs> Rob. Why Rob, you gotta go there, Rob? Stop that, Rob. Yeah, but <laughs> is that the chemistry that Nicki Minaj was talking about? I didn't understand that. <laughs> Like what? The, the chemistry when he walked up and yelled at her for being still being in bed? The chemistry <laughs> of, of him walking out of her warehouse thing? What was the, where was the chemistry? I didn't see it. And they're still trying to make this baby storyline thing. I'm like, Robin, put her to rest. The season is yeah. over. Shut up. You're not having another baby. No. Again, even that, Marilyn knows they're not having another baby. 
<laughs> no, that's not happening. They barely may or may not get married. They barely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now the Chris Husbinger stuff gets put to rest, which is exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Chris keeps Candace organized as yeah, partners like, often do. Especially if Chris is currently doesn't have a job and has time on his hands and she has two things, two big things happening. So he takes care of everything else. He puts, he takes the trash out and wakes her up at time and makes sure that she get, gets to her appointments when she's been, you know, studying overnight. And that works for their relationship. Yeah. It's bizarre how obsessed people are with this. Um, yeah. We find out that there's some issue between Chris and Dorothy. And you know what? I don't care. I actually do. I think that mm. would make a great show compared mm. to this Porsche show that we were <laughs> It would be like Mama Joyce and Todd Tucker kind of situation. Mm. It would be interesting. I think I want Candace and her mom and Chris going on vacation or living together or doing something together. And I would watch like five episodes of it. Not so more I than think, that, but five episodes. I think it would be interesting. I think what's interesting is that something that Nikki brought up later, right, with Candace, which was you cannot let your mom drag you through mm. the mud like this. Yeah. You can't let your mom do this. And I think right. what they were trying to get at with Candace was to say, this doesn't need to be your storyline. Yeah. You cannot keep bringing your mother who says insane shit on camera on camera because it creates drama because obviously it's creating an issue in your actual marriage. I think that's what they were trying to say to her. But yeah. I think Candace is kind of also in a point where she's like, well, you guys helped me create this monster. And now I don't know how to put this monster to bed because... Well, I think the monster was already there. Certainly. Yeah, she yeah. may have already been. I think the monster created Candace the monster. So. <laughs> <laughs> Candace the little monster was created by the big monster. They were already there. They just gave Give her a bigger platform that she enjoys now yeah. because she can talk louder. And I think to some extent, I wonder if Bravo goes to Candace's mom directly with the contract versus going through Candace and saying, does your mom want to be part of the contract? I wonder if that is also the case. I want Because they know that without Dorothy, there won't be enough you know, triangles in Candace's life. So they want to bring that stress because it almost felt like that when Candace's mom showed up at her video shoot. Everything went south. There was like one scene maybe before that when on the phone when Candace said, Chris is going to be my husband, but she didn't actually have a sit down scene with her mother. There was no scene. And all of a sudden then Bravo was like, bring her mom, bring her to the the music shoot. And then she was hell bent on stirring the pot. She went to each and every cast member and tried to have a scene to the point where Karen recognized and walked away from her. Yeah. And, you know, so it was like Dorothy was trying to get a scene out of that because that was her one opportunity that Bravo had given her. Yeah. And it felt like there might be a direct channel to Dorothy from Bravo instead of through Candace. Wow. Maybe that's what it is. And maybe that's what she's not saying out loud. Maybe. Now, Mia said some weird shit about Chris on Twitter. And Mia was just a complete disaster. Between part three and four, it just cracked <sighs> me up. But even with Nicki Minaj, Nicki was like, I just want you to know that you sound insane. Yeah, that was I- the one part that I, that was the one part of the Nikki thing that I was like okay thank you for saying that because yeah none nothing she said made sense she started talking about the weird husband stuff and it's crazy because if Giselle can win by saying nothing Wendy Mm. is losing by saying too much yes you don't have to go so crazy Wendy you don't have to go so crazy Mia is crazy enough as she is 
You don't have to talk about my husband and oh, insecurity. Oh, Wendy has to blah, give her blah, blah. Is, give her a lot of rope to hang on. Just give Mia the platform to talk. She can talk herself into crazy. She can talk herself out of the show. That's how nuts she is. Yeah. And it's very evident that Wendy is insecure. And she even mm-hmm. admits, yeah, I have yeah. insecurities. But Mia insinuating that Chris tossed her salad didn't make sense because there was no drama with Chris. Like, it, I didn't, I had a hard time connecting the dots. Like, fine, you have issues with Candace. So then you made a comment about Chris. But then why are you coming for Wendy and her husband? That has nothing to do with anything. Like, right. it just felt really awkward and weird and you know it's interesting because mia went on some sort of like like she quit the show on social media yeah she went on and she did some article and she said she doesn't think she'll be doing potomac again oh i thought she was trying to uh, trying that angle to get more money oh i mean maybe but she said oh i didn't think that it was going to be a classless show i've only watched beverly hills like shut the fuck up (laughs) you're gonna sit here and act like you're 30 you're 36 years old you're a 36 year old woman Mm -hmm. and you're gonna tell me that you've never watched you're gonna tell me that you are a black woman who's interested in housewives and you watch beverly hills and not atlanta yeah exactly so (laughs) she went on oh it's so classless and i didn't think that this was gonna happen and i didn't know that you know people were so low class on the show and blah 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 i'm like even Beverly Hills, honey, is not that high class. There's a lady who's stole twenty million dollars from orphans and widows. Like we're not yeah. talking about class here, right? Okay, where people are doing coke in your bathroom is a line from Beverly Hills. Is that yeah. classier to you? Like yeah. I don't think so, Mia. So I don't understand why <laughs> I a show that had somebody point to a person on a crutch and call her a slut pig is somehow mm-hmm. classier than a show where they tossed a couple of I I cannot bring myself to be interested in Mia. I don't know why. Yes. I just cannot bring myself to be interested in anything Mia does. Nothing. I know some people find her funny. Uh, some people find her ditziness and her her lack of understanding. You know, the way she jumps from one topic to another and she just misuses and mispronounces words funny. I just cannot bring myself to be interested in her or her husband or her storyline i just don't find her interesting and i don't know what to do about it if she keeps coming back that's going to be you know because potomac is my favorite favorite franchise and then it's going to be hard to watch that with her so then nikki shows up in part four and i have to say i will give her props that it really seems like nikki minaj hates michael darby yes you know, I appreciated that. I don't see how it doesn't translate to other people in her own life, but uh, okay. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But she does really come after Ashley a lot. And like we said earlier, it seemed like suddenly the cast changed from coming at each other to being there for each other, except for Mia. It wasn't mm-hmm. until the end when Candace actually sang her song that Mia was like, I'm going to download it. Yeah. Before that, she was like really gunning for Candace and saying a bunch right. of shit about her. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you need to calm down, Mia. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's yeah. playing nice right now and you're not yeah. playing nice. And it's yeah. not cool. Wendy looked at Nikki's cards and now Nicki Minaj is tweeting about it. I'm like, who cares? Wendy who- was, yeah, it was 1030 in the night. Wendy's like, oh my God, that many questions more it's not that serious everybody's like and then giselle like retweeted nikki's statement about or nikki's tweet about the cards and was like oh yeah it was like so whack blah 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 i'm like you don't have anything to say giselle like yeah Yeah. you sit right next to andy because you're probably peeking at the cards the whole time 
Right. Nikki didn't come really come a lot for Giselle. No. She was she was like Giselle just sat quiet during the Nikki segments too, except when she was asked direct questions, she didn't answer anything. She just sat back too. Yeah. It was the part that bothered me a lot right off the gate. Nikki went deep into the suck my dick and suck my this <laughs> and it's like, okay, it's it it bordered on it felt like why are you going so hard on the same sex stuff? Okay, like it yeah. almost felt yeah. like I felt uncomfortable. I was like, "Is this homo? Is she making? Is this like borderline homophobia?" I wasn't here. Sure. I it I was. It tell. came out of nowhere there nothing, too. Th- there was nothing that she said that was homophobic. It was just how hard she kept going at it. That yeah. felt like, why are you pushing for this one and Michael Darby thing? Okay, it's one thing to make a funny statement and move on, but to keep pushing at it and then to keep pushing at who would you sleep with each other and would you do this and is it like threesome or foursome? It was just, weird. And, and it was like it just even, kept going on and on and on. Well, also the thing about Giselle and Robin, I was like, I've n- literally never heard that. I've literally yeah. never heard anybody be like, Giselle and Robin are secret lovers. Maybe like, the only two tweets that they showed were the only two tweets yeah, about it's, it's it. But even, even if they did, was bizarre. but even if they did, even if you slept in the same bed, like, what? It was very meh. Like, I just hope they wh- don't do why? that again. Yeah. Is there anything else you're going to talk about or is this it? Is this it? And then in, Andy just got drunk on the side and then came by and gave everybody tequila shots. And I was like... <laughs> the, the interesting part for me was Giselle and Jamal backstory of the church. That oh, that's I hadn't, true. I hadn't heard how they went from 40 to 15,000 people. And when they were just 40 people, he wasn't being paid by the church and how he built that. Here's the other thing. If Giselle is admitting that when she and Jamal got together, he didn't really have any money and all that stuff, then honey, why did you marry this man who had cheated on you while you were engaged? Yeah. Why? Maybe she was pregnant. Maybe she wanted to be with the father. Who knows? I don't know. He's clearly very persuasive to go from a flock of 40 to a flock of 15,000 that are paying all his bills now. So that's clearly persuasive. That's true. I also didn't really understand why Chris Bassett was so angry by the end of part four. I think it was more to do with Dorothy and what oh. she might be doing back home than it was what You think he like was. saw her in their ring footage and he's like, oh fuck, she's there again. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> he's like, wait, my phone is buzzing. What? Oh, shoot. She's right outside the door. He's right like, now. I thought it was a cardboard cutout, but it's actually her. <laughs> <laughs> that cardboard cutout moved. She, she's back inside the house. <laughs> yeah. I also just think that generally over the four parts, I did not get enough Karen Huger. And you know what? All we got from her was that she got Wi-Fi to Surrey County. Yeah. That was it. And a little bit of that she would have still married Ray. I, yeah, that was not a question ever. <laughs> of course. Uh, She's yeah. been with him for like a million years. Obviously, she would be with Ray. Yeah. Oh, and then them pointing out that she looked older in her 60s when she first started and now she looks 52. <laughs> I was like, that's considered a good thing. She made money. She has money now for Botox. She's using it. She's doing a good job. Why would you beat up on her for that? Well, I don't think they were beating up on her. I think first they started beating up on Giselle about why she beats up on Karen for her age. And Giselle said, well, to be honest, for a very long time, we didn't know how old Karen was. I did laugh at that because I was like, I was like, well, that just means that you can't tell her age, which is good. No, I <laughs> season one, Karen looked 
No, yeah, season she one. She looked Karen's well. hairline, especially her hairline was halfway across her hairline, her head. the brows, the eyes, yeah. all of yeah. it was a disaster. But I mean, if you and I were to go in on the show, the first season, everybody looks weird, unless you are from you know Beverly Hills and places where they are already botoxed up. I will say though, Beverly Hills ladies, their faces have changed the most. Yes, obviously. The whole brand new face. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about Salt Lake City. So we picked up back in Vale with Lisa crying about Jen. And we find out all kinds of things about Jen Shaw. Obviously, the story about her getting picked up off the side of the road midway through an Uber ride. Mm-hmm. Also, that Meredith got a PI. And then we find out Lisa's crying hysterically. She feels like she's been lied to. And we find out that Jen has been possibly sending some secret textuses and the, <laughs> the red herring the red herring for it was the way they figured out that it was Jen because of that one word it just cracked me up because it's the language in it no it just made me laugh because here's Meredith being like I had to had to hire a private investigator and Lisa Barlow's like I could tell it was Jen because of the way the word because was written <laughs> what Oh my god. Everybody on the show is on a different Everybody planet. in Utah spells because completely. Because it's like a religion to them. So if you are <laughs> if you're spelling because as B C O Z, then it must be Jen. Meredith tells everyone that she got a PI and Whitney's like, I've never had a friend hire a PI for another friend. I'm like, Yeah, if I was friends with Jen Shaw and all of you MLM crooks, I would probably hire a PI too. You would? hundred percent. Okay, listen. You, uh, well, I wouldn't be friends with a whole bunch of MLM crooks, but Okay. Let me tell you guys a story. Oh, here comes one of your stories. <laughs> So I may or may not either on the main feed or in the Patreon have talked about some friends of mine who have husbands who are a little bit shady. Mm -hmm. And I've talked previously about friends of mine who are married to men who straight up lied about their entire lives, whatever. Mm -hmm. I have a friend whose husband works in compliance. Mm -hmm. Dude's got access to everything. Mm. So if we think somebody is shady, we're like, hey. Look them up. So I already know all of my friends who have questionable practices. Fuck. I have to talk to my husband right now. <laughs> I have to take a break. No, I've never I'll Googled right you. Don't back. Worry. No, I've never Googled you. But I'm saying like, there's definitely <laughs> been times, right? Like this whole group yeah. cracks me up because there's been times when I've been hanging out with my friend group, friends, couples that we're friends with. And everybody's mm. got one or two couples that they know that we are like, I don't fucking know what the husband does, but they've got way too much money. Mm. Like they won't pay for the bill at their wife's yeah. birthday party. <laughs> Like you For know, the full they... story, go to our Patreon. It's <laughs> absolutely bonkers story. It's a bonkers story. But you know what I mean? Like we've all got friends who have some sort of like shady practices. Yeah. And not no, we don't all. Apparently I do. You know what? The you state do. of New Jersey. I don't know anyone. All all of my friends are straight laced, really good people. Um <laughs> You know, except for you, you seem to have all the shady ones. I don't know what that means. I do live in New Jersey. True. And, you know, if the state of Maryland knows what Juan Dixon is up to, the state of New Jersey knows that everybody who owns a business is a crook. 
So I will say, like, you have these situations where you have friends and you don't really know what the other person's spouse does or whatever, and you get curious and you wonder and you ask questions. And we've talked about this before, right, where, like, everybody suddenly starts spilling the beans about, like, I thought that was awkward that one time they did that thing. And I, I know you thought that was weird. And everybody starts trading stories about lies that they've been told over the years, which mm-hmm. makes sense. But I wouldn't hire a PI. But what I'm saying is I may or may not have Googled my friends a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Not all my friends, but some of my friends who have done questionable things. And look, if somebody wants to Google me, that's fine too. Yeah. But there's nothing really coming up, I hope. Because you have been cleaning up. No, 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 no. I don't know how to clean up any of it. (laughs) I only know how to Google it. (laughs) But yeah, like... I don't think it's crazy to meet somebody who is this eccentric personality and not wonder and then not Google them. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I think if anybody who said like even Whitney, like when the news broke, she knew all the details about how all right. this stuff worked and all this. Like, I don't think that that's crazy because I think all of these people have been aware that she is right. a mess. Because, yeah. And even um, Heather on her podcast had actually had a whole segment about asking Jen directly about her yeah. business because she didn't quite understand. So I can understand how people have been thinking about it for a long time yeah. in the circle. And so I don't think Meredith hiring a PI to see who's been sending nasty texts Texas. to her son is necessarily odd. But I don't think the PI actually... F- she said the PI was quite certain that it came from Jen. But she didn't say the PI... This is the proof that it came from Jen. There's no proof. It's like the PI said, by a process of elimination, we are left with a prince in Nigeria or Jen. So So it's reasonably It was maybe Jen Shah or whoever has been funding Sonia Morgan's toaster oven. We don't know. We have no idea. Yeah. Now, Meredith asks, would you still want to be friends with Jen Shah after all the stuff that's coming mm-hmm. out? And Jenny says she's sympathetic to Jen, you know, especially as an Asian woman herself, as mm-hmm. an immigrant herself. She gets it. Heather essentially wants a project. She loves a project. Meredith says, no, thanks. Mary says, I never saw good in her. <laughs> Mary, the preacher, the one who preaches... The word of God and forgiveness says she's the devil. (laughs) No question. I thought she was always shit. Whitney says, oh, I don't know. And Lisa's just hysterically crying. So I wanted to ask, who would you be like? I would be like Jenny. I would be sympathetic, but I would hold my opinion until I saw more details. Mm. Um. I for for the first time I would not be like Heather. That bothered me. Really? That bothered me. Heather is bending over backwards to remain friends with somebody who may have harmed others. Yeah. And she doesn't seem to recognize that part. Yeah. She wants to be supportive and be there for her friend and she talks about it almost as if that's what will redeem her from her past sins of having judged people. Yes. And it's like, this isn't it. This isn't your like salve 
for all of the things that you did as a judgy Mormon. So there's this, there's a whole bunch of religious adjacent stories in Hinduism. And one of them is, is about a man who keeps walking through this meadow and keeps getting bit by the snake. And he always catches it, but forgives it and lets it go. And then the snake is there again to bite him again the next day. And so then the wise man tells him that, you know, you have to know the difference between, you know, showing mercy for something that is innocent and showing mercy for something that is deliberately coming after you and harming you and recognizing yeah. where the harm is. Okay, you have to have some level of self-preservation and self-respect there. And she almost feels like she has she has such low opinion about herself. Yes. She doesn't respect her own safety and her own security from something that could be harmful to her. This could yeah. harm her business. It could harm her family could, yeah. through association. This could suck up a whole bunch of her time and energy being friends with somebody as toxic as Jen. And she doesn't have that self-preservation at all going for her. I think, I think Heather also is fueled by blind loyalty. Heather is fueled by blind faith. Okay, let so you're saying that being blindly loyal fuels her is how you're saying it. I'm it's saying like yeah, like I'm she saying... she needs it to keep going. She like like you said she needs a project, she needs something. But I to think work also on. it's it's a it's a core value of Heather's. I think Heather is so used to blind faith. She's so used to blind huh. blind loyalty, whether it's to the church or to these rules that the church is telling her to mm-hmm. live by, or whether it's to Jensha. I don't think mm-hmm. that Heather knows how to exist in the gray. I don't think that Heather knows how to say, I love my relationship with Jen because she has been kind to me before, but I'm also really disturbed by this, but I need to see it out. Like, she doesn't know how to be like Jenny. Yeah, she doesn't say, I want to know more. She's my friend, and I. this is so not who I thought she was. I. It is something that I cannot believe she would hurt people. I want to understand more. So I would ask, I would have a conversation with her. That's not what she's saying, though. No, she's like I would be friends with her. I would be there to help her and be there for her because she is going through a hard time. Is how she puts it. Yeah, Heather sees Jen as the victim. She doesn't yeah. think about the people that have been victimized, right? Like, yeah. Heather would be a great friend to Erica Jane. Because right. she would be like, oh, but I feel so bad for Erica because of everything that she's going through. She would right. never think about the victims. And yeah. I think that I would be more like Meredith, obviously, as I've mentioned before. I'm I'm no stranger to Googling shady people in my life. But I also would be like Mary because I would also bite my own tongue while eating a cracker. But also <laughs> bite my own tongue because I'd say too much. <laughs> <laughs> you would also say yeah i always knew she was shady yeah hell <laughs> yeah you know okay as a virgo there's nothing that i love more than saying i told you so okay we live <laughs> if heather gay thrives from blind loyalty i thrive from i told you so see i am a cancerian and i actually am pretty loyal and i actually <laughs> can go lengths helping people yeah but i also i also recognize well, you're also that a smart person sex- <laughs> well, I think Heather is too. So I don't un- quite understand. What is Heather inside? I don't know. I don't understand how you can can ignore what Jen has done. 
that part I don't understand. Yeah. Or how can you ignore the other part of that story and not want to know more before you make your decision? I don't understand that. It blows my mind, but it's also how Lisa functions. Lisa also mm. is having a really hard time cutting right, ties with Right, that's Jen. true. Yeah, Lisa is having the same thing. Like, Heather has processed it to the point where Heather is like, I'm going to be her friend. That's just who I am. Lisa, on the other hand, is actually having a whole crisis. Also, great news. Heather Gay, she's a cancer. See, that's why I always identified (laughs) with her. And I thought that all of her pain and everything, I identified with that kind of person. But this is where we draw the line. Whatever cusp you're on, Heather, is not the cusp <laughs> I'm on. Because this is where like, there, are t- there are different Cancerians, I guess. Because that is harmful. Yeah, it is harmful. It's harmful to her. Yeah. Ultimately. The mm. next morning, Mary won't eat Whitney's eggs. <laughs> Mary fucking hates these women. She hates being in that house. She feels so trapped. She's like, let me go back. <laughs> I will sit in my closet and I will film. I will roam the house in my bizarre because outfits. Mary is Mary has lost her childhood to this. Yeah. She doesn't know how to interact with people other than them working for her. Yeah. She looks at all of these women as not equals, but people that should be looking up to her and respecting yeah. her and being her flock and looking out. A grand so she yeah, grand dame. But also, unlike Potomac grand dame, Mary actually expects it from people around her. The way she walked into that kitchen and she demanded eggs from Whitney, <laughs> like Whitney was the help. <laughs> like Whitney was Robert Sr. making eggs. She's like, did you make eggs? Or her cousin, what was the name again? Shandala, Shalinda, she was like, make the eggs. Did you make it? Did you make it right? And then, and just like she would have treated Shalinda, she was like, I don't know where her hand has been. I'm going to microwave <laughs> that more. So she, Whitney made her nice, soft, a la France, eggs. Eggs a la France. Eggs a la France. And the Mary then put it in the microwave and really made it like hard boiled eggs. Like she, she like really put it in rubber. Yeah. yeah and she also did rubber. a weird thing where she like covered it up with a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> That napkin, yeah, and she is weird. She has, she's a germaphobe. She doesn't trust anybody. She doesn't have friends of her own. She has zero friends. She has people who follow her and people who work for her. And she has co-workers here. She considers Meredith and Lisa as co-workers. Whitney as one of her actual workers. (laughs) Well, I think as Whitney has attended the church, I think that Mm. Mary thinks that Whitney should have the respect for her that everybody in the church does. Does, yeah. And I think... It's interesting because so the first half of this episode is about Jen Shaw and the girls like still kind of reeling from it. And then it very quickly shifts to the crimes, alleged crimes of Mary. We do in the middle get a scene with Jen where she meets her attorney and as usual takes absolute. I mean, I've I I've always thought that from very the very first scene that Jen walked into our lives, I thought she was channeling Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians. The way she talks, the way yeah. she moves her arm, the way she sh- uh, shakes her shoulder and talks yeah. and does her fingers, everything is like very Kardashian. And that's what she did at this point. She talked nothing with her lawyer. She took no responsibility whatsoever there. That was it. And then we were back to Mary. And it was like, it was almost like, 
Mary was the storyline that Lisa had decided this year, this is what yes. we're going to have. Mm-hmm. And then I've said this before, but then Jen happened and yeah. that just kind of side railed everything that was happening. When Jen wasn't there and they were like, okay, what do we do now? There's nothing, no other news coming out since yesterday about Jen. Yeah. What do we do? Oh, go back to the regularly <laughs> regularly arranged programming here with Mary. Let's talk about Mary. So Lisa <laughs> and Meredith are talking on the balcony and Meredith brings up the cryptic messages about Mary. And it's funny because Meredith is like, why wouldn't Lisa tell me? Like, why wouldn't you tell me, your friend, about this? And Lisa's like, oh, I, like, don't want to lose people's trust. So then you made this man come on camera and share the information? Like, I, it's, it's such transparent producing. It cracks me up because I'm like, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate how transparent you're producing. Because it's so stupid that it's funny. It's so blatant. That it's funny. Yes. It's blatant and <laughs> would you agree Lisa, with Lisa's like Lisa is actually she's doing the, the fake person producer role, mm-hmm. but she's also a genuine person in real she life. Is. Like she's genuinely so she's crying. Like, she's genuinely crying for Jen. And she's doing this producing and she thinks she is smarter than everybody else, but she's so transparent. Yeah. Because she's a genuine person. Yeah. And that's where she gets stuck because she is, she she has to pick a role. She has to pick one or the other. She cannot be both at the same time. And she doesn't know how to exist. So you would agree with Heather's assessment of Lisa, that Lisa likes to stir the pot and not get her hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Or at least she tries. That's what she would love to do. But she yes. doesn't know how to do it well. Yeah. <laughs> At night, the ladies get dressed up in bizarre costumes and they eat a bunch of cheese. Mary is not having any of it. She hates the part. She hates everything. She hates the show. She hates the cameras. She actually is only talking to the person behind the camera. That's the only person that she will talk to or she'll talk to herself. She's talking to herself. The cameraman just happens to be there. (laughs) He startles her. It's Again, Mary's the only black person on this show. Mm-hmm. Mary's the only one from her background. Her background is so different from all of these other women. Yes. You're putting Mary in the scenario where she has to dress up like a Bavarian girl. And Mary doesn't know what that means. She's like, when she walked up with her version of it, yeah. it felt like, again, Michael Jackson walking up. I know. Like, it was like Michael Jackson wearing Cher's clothes. It's what I felt like when she walked <laughs> Michael up. Michael Jackson wearing Cher's clothes? Isn't that what it felt like? Like, or maybe Madonna's clothes? I mean, you're not wrong. It, yeah, all of it is so bizarre. It honestly she feels know like how to dress up. She doesn't know how to interact. She's like, what is it, Bavarian cheese thing? Okay, she loves the food part, but she doesn't like the dressing up part and putting no. all this that she doesn't know. And there's nobody helping her. No one. She doesn't know how to Google Bavarian girl and look at it and dress up. You're like not allowed that. to Google around Mary, okay? Don't yes. you dare. Yes. So she's not doing that. So she doesn't know how to dress up. Nobody, none of the girls, they go to each other's rooms, but nobody goes to Mary's room. No. She's in the bottom level somewhere by herself. Nobody goes to talk to her or have a conversation. But with even her. when they try to, she ignores them. She yeah. doesn't want to talk to them. She's being super mean to Whitney. She hates, she hates Whitney. 
so much. But I also feel like that's because she is, she's crazy and she doesn't know how to interact with people. She's unwell. Talking normal, quote unquote, what we think is normal with people gives her extreme anxiety and she lashes out. Yeah. She doesn't know how to deal with people asking her questions. She doesn't know what the answer should be. She does. She cannot find her words. I feel like Mary only knows how to give advice. Maybe. And not, it's, it's, it's not always bad. Because when Mary is making an assessment like occasionally of a person. She, yeah, occasionally she'll come up with brilliance. When Mary's making an assessment of a person or when she's making, like all her confessionals are amazing. Because mm. when she's just talking one-on-one about a person or making an assessment yeah. of a person or an assessment of a situation, she actually does great. But I think mm. in normal social interactions she just doesn't know how to function she yeah, doesn't know I how to function. what i really want an assessment of mary by a psychologist to tell me what are her issues she has ocd yeah she has she's germophobic she doesn't like people but she wants people around her because she's lonely yeah it is kind of sad and crazy and funny at the same time but it's hard to watch because it would be hard to be her friend. It would be hard to it's work. It's really with hard her. to be her friend, but at the same time, I have to try to understand why somebody like Meredith would ride for Mary so hard, right? Yeah, because Mary gets upset, she leaves, and then she Meredith says, "I don't like what's happening about Mary. I don't like this conversation about Mary. I don't want to talk about Mary." And all these cryptic messages because Whitney gets upset and Whitney says, I've heard so much stuff about Mary and I've shielded it and I've never shared it with anybody. And I'm not allowed to say anything, even though she's so mean to me. Right. And Meredith gets upset and she's like, what are you talking about? Why are you being so cryptic? I don't like this. Just say the truth. Say the truth. And then Lisa says this guy or Whitney says that many people have said that they've had they've experienced religious trauma. This is where Meredith lost me. Meredith says religious trauma is the most obscure term I have ever heard. Well, it's a real term, Meredith. It actually happens all the time. It is a very real experience that people who grow up in religious settings have experienced. It's a lot of abuse that people who have been part of churches or mosques or temples or whatever have experienced by the hands of people who are part of the church or or in leadership of their religious organization that take advantage of vulnerable people religious Mm -hmm. trauma and somebody like meredith who rides so hard for the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. somebody like her should be very aware of how religious trauma especially impacts lgbtq youth and especially impacts women in a lot of religious communities so when she said that's the most obscure term i've ever heard give me facts i got really annoyed by it but then lisa mm-hmm. of course dropped the he mortgaged yeah. his house and gave three hundred thousand dollars so to me lisa sure. has been saying like every um, watch what happens live and everywhere that she's asked this question she's like so somebody gave a donation how they came nobody coerced them from give them what was he coerced to give that money meredith and, you mean meredith said it Meredith is saying that. Yeah. yeah. Meredith is saying that that if he wasn't coerced and he just gave a donation, he gave a donation. It doesn't matter. She didn't coerce him to give that money. He felt the need to give that money and he did what he did to get that money to give it to her. But you cannot blame her for what he did, which technically in a yes. legal sense, true. Yes. Yes. But you also know how people in powerful positions like le- religious leaders can coerce. 
Yes. People. And, and that's is coercion. That it bothers it's, me. Yeah. Right. I think I think here's what's happening. I think Meredith it's is getting like, it's like saying, Did your did your did Harvey Weinstein coerce somebody to sleep with him? Yeah. Well, he made sure that he would not they would not have a job if they didn't do what they did to him. And then exactly. they felt the pressure to do it, right? Exactly. It's the it's same still, thing. Exactly. It's still a form of abuse. I think what's happening is Meredith is getting annoyed because she's also like, we can't shift the storyline back to Mary, you guys. We have an actual criminal on our cast, and that's the yeah. only thing we need to be focused on. Meredith yeah. is like, I am riding this anti-gen show train. It's like Meredith came leading. in to this yeah. show season already because of her PI. She already knew Gen Shaw was going to be the storyline. Yeah. She came in, she found the Gen Shaw storyline. She's riding it high. Yeah. And then Lisa comes in and says, No, 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 no. Mary is going to be the storyline. And they're going at each other, like, no, let's focus on this and not that. And I think I understand from Meredith's perspective, right? Because it's like, why are we getting so angry about a friend of ours yeah. when we have another friend of ours who is an actual, who has actually been arrested, right? Yes, yes. But at the same time, what I would wish that somebody would say to Meredith to say, I'm not saying that Mary is a criminal because maybe she didn't do anything blatantly illegal. Yeah. But I don't know if Mary is necessarily a good person. I don't think that there needs to be any further discussion about what she's done to her people at church or anything. Mm -hmm. Sit there and talk about it. When Lisa said that Jen got mad and started sending all these crazy text messages, why didn't Whitney bring up the messages that Mary has sent her at the yeah. table? Right? Yeah. Like, if we're going to get mad about one thing, like, let's just keep the outrage even. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Jen has been arrested for something, and that is obviously right. different. But if we're going to get mad as friends, right? You're from, I have a friend who kicked me in the foot, and then another yeah. friend also kicked me in the foot. Let's be mad about both friends kicking somebody right. in the foot yeah. and not just hold outreach against one person. And that's why I believe that everybody on Salt Lake City is either on a different planet or on a different <laughs> TV show. Yeah. Each, each one has their own TV show. <laughs> They've all come in like yeah. reading manuals, like yeah, Housewives for Dummies, and they're yes. like, "This is how I'm going to push my storyline, right?" Like, I don't mind it though. I find I it funny. I love the chaos. I love the chaos. I find it funny. I mean, there's like this whole episode. We almost forgot about Jenny and her sister wife issues. Jenny Thank was God. not even in the picture. It's gone. That was a whole issue. That's gone. <laughs> There's so many things that happen that it cracks me up that like we have Potomac where like the primary storyline was like yeah. Candace's music video and Eddie's rumors, right? Like right. Salt Lake City still sometimes feels like the chaos and like the nonsense reminds me a lot of New York. Yes. But I don't mind it. It is I don't hilarious. Mind it. I find it hilarious. I, find, I was laughing my ass off. I just love the way Meredith has woken up this season. Last season, she was so medicated. This season, she is screaming and shouting and talking and emphasizing her words and closing her eyes and stressing what she's saying. And it's just so funny to watch all of that. Lisa is having a whole meltdown that her storyline <laughs> is getting hijacked by Jen's storyline. I love when Meredith... I love, she always does this thing in it. And Ben from Watcher Crappens pointed it out. And now I always pick up on it. She always says, I'm sick of the, this thing, this thing, and that thing. And like that she thing. always, she's always saying that. She's always like the lying, the defrauding, and the peanut butter. Like yes. she always <laughs> it's says. Like three things. It's three things. It's always in threes. Yeah. She, she loves like, to she have, <laughs> she loves to have a cadence and she loves to have 
a way of talking and it has to be calm and it has to be very emphatic and people should listen to it. That's all that she wants to do. And she wants to do it in the sing-song way. Well, you know what, Meredith? I'm all ears. I love everything about Meredith except for her husband. But that's <laughs> that's a whole other thing. <laughs> we don't even need He's him cool. on the show anymore. You don't need him. And I, I hope Meredith keeps him off, off the bay. I mean, we don't need him, Meredith. Don't bring him into the storyline. Please don't. Because then he just dilutes your brand, Meredith. He's yeah, diluting exactly. your brand. We don't need your son. We don't need your husband. We don't need... Just be- just, yeah, be just be yourself your fabulous self in a bubble bath just. exactly all right guys well that's it for this week we will talk to you guys on saturday and is oc coming back this week is it oc comes back on wednesday oh wow and then ooh, and then i think that they're moving oh no salt lake city is why? back next why? week why i guess why they just didn't more? have an episode this week they just didn't have an episode. They didn't think it would be a high rating because of Thanksgiving. And they decided to sneak Porsche's in. Porsche's dumbass Porsche. show on there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be back. We'll be back on uh, Saturday. And we'll talk about Real Housewives. Um, Ultimate Girls Trip. We'll talk is- about Girls Trip. And we'll I think it's the best show on, on TV right now. <laughs> best show on TV. Get the subscription and just watch episode five. Yeah. And we'll talk about Ultimate Girls Trip, and we'll also talk about OC Premiere, and that'll be on Saturday. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The reality is, is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift. So remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Adedokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also by unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success, and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. 